You are listening to Verse Per Verse with Amichai Lau-Levy, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. This weekly podcast, focusing on the Torah portion, was originally recorded in 2006 and 2007, but like the weekly Torah portion, they are as timeless as ever. Welcome to the weekly store, giving you easy access to biblical knowledge, one verse at a time. Today, the Lauviticus Consortium of Scribes is delighted to welcome Julie Seltzer as the storytelling scribe in the tribe. Thanks for joining, and thanks for the juicy contribution that is read below. So, tis the season for bundling up, dressing fancy, and going to parties. But this week's Stora peeks at what it's actually like to be naked, as naked as truth. There seems to be a distinct link between the craving for lavish costumes and the need to unwrap the cover-up, go behind the mask, reveal the hidden. And while last week's Torah featured the birth of Benjamin, the youngest of the tribes, this week we are focusing on his older brother, the one famous for costume, for the coat of many colors, and for what he had going elsewhere. A brief recap. We are now in Vayeshev, the weekly portion in which the tragic tale of Jacob's mourning is told. Jacob tries to settle quietly in Canaan, his homestead, only to discover that his beloved son and spiritual heir Joseph is first reported missing, then presumed dead, only a bloody coat serving as a witness. And while Jacob is mourning, Joseph, betrayed by his own brothers, is a victim of human trafficking ending up in Egypt, a slave in the house of Potiphar, a courtier of the king of Egypt. And, while her husband is tending to the king, Mrs. Potiphar tends to Joseph, trying to derobe and seduce him. Joseph is a handsome boy. The JPS calls him well-built and handsome. The Everett Fox calls him fair of form and fair to look at. So Zuleika, which is the mythic name in the traditional Jewish folklore for the wife of Potiphar, she tries to verbally seduce him, and then she grabs hold of his coat, his garment, which appears again. In Hebrew, the word for garment is beged. And when she's rejected, she uses this beged again, this article of clothing, as evidence that, Jacob, that uh, Joseph tries to rape her. And with this evidence, the poor boy lands up in jail again. In Genesis 39:16, we're told, And she placed his garment by her side until his master came home. Imagine the scene of this woman in love with this man. All she has of him now is the coat she took off of him, which she's hiding under her pillow. The word beged appears six times in seven verses in this context forcing special attention to its presence, pointing out to the underlying truth by screaming out, Hey, I'm a lie. Look underneath me. Look inside. Something is concealed. One possible clue is found in the root of the word for garment, beged, B-G-D, bet gimel dalid, 
which is exactly the same as the word for betrayal, begida. Joseph's garment represents an act of betrayal that covers up the truth, just as his robe does when, the jo when his brothers dip it in animal blood to cover up their crime. The garment as an object, an object of betrayal, could perhaps voice a familiar and very timely reminder to not get too hung up on the latest fashions and couture. But here too there's much more than meets the eye. And uh, the root for betray, beged, bet gimel daled, the second, third, and fourth letters of the Hebrew alphabet form an interesting mirror image of the Hebrew letters that make up the word lie, shekel, which are the second to last, third to last, and fourth to last letters of the Hebrew alphabet. So between the beged and the shekel, the betrayal and the lie, there's a strange linguistic link, especially if you contrast it with the Hebrew word for truth, emit, alif, mem, taf, three letters that form a perfect triangle at the beginning, middle, and end of the Hebrew alphabet. So what's this deal with the betrayal? And what does Joseph's coat have to offer, offer us at this annual time of its reappearance? Maybe a reminder to look deeper than the garment, deeper than the wrapping, deeper than the packaging. And perhaps that we all want to get naked, to get at the naked truth, to fully know ourselves, for others to fully know us, and for us to fully know them. Even the way we share stories, definitely in the Jewish tradition, begins with an undressing. We prepare to share our most sacred stories by first removing the garment and revealing the unrolled, naked Torah scroll. And just as the Torah has a protective skin, made of velvet, without which the truth would be too overwhelming to access, we too need clothing for our souls. Though somewhat counterintuitive, creating and presenting ourselves through garment, co cover, and costume is a way of accessing and sharing our deeply humane nakedness. Every time Joseph's coat is taken off of him, a new destiny and identity await him. Like a snake, he grows new skin, new self. Thus, for us, what is it this time round that depicts our garment? And what is it between the personal garment and the naked truth? I invite you to think about this after, during, lighting the romantically inclined Hanukkah candles and stripping away the truth to its core light. Shabbat Shalom. Happy Holiday. Shabbat Shalom.